Tzaveh. The Pasha week is the Tzaveh. And uh, general, generally the content of the Pasha, the content of the Pasha is big day kuna. The clothing that the Kohen wore. The Kohen, the Kohen Hegyot, the regular Kohen, and the Kohen Gadol on Yom HaKippurit. Now generally speaking, I want to just remind you, you could say that there's a difference of opinion about the Mishkan itself. And uh, I just tell you this at the beginning so that we can, you know, like apply it later on. Uh, that is the, the difference between the Ramban and the Rambam. Uh, now the Ramban is talking about the Mishkan and the Rambam is talking about the Beit HaMikdash in what I'm going to quote. So that might be the difference. But you could say that each of them applies to both, the Mishkan and the Mikdash. The Ramban says in the introduction to Truma, Truma last week's parasha, the first Ramban in Truma discusses the Mishkan, like what's the purpose of it. And he says the following, he said, Mekom minuchat shehi ha'aron. I think I mentioned last week that the reason that the first of the kelim that is discussed in the parasha of Truma is Aaron, the ark in which the luchot were placed ultimately, right? And that God spoke to Moshe from above the kaporet. The kaporet is like the, the cover of the Aaron through the kruvim, the cherubs, they were built on the arrows, so the sound came through the Kruvim from above the Kaporet to Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Ramban says, he describes that as follows. He says, Bakom minuchata shechina shehu ha'aron. The place where the shechina rests in the world, and that place is the Aron. So in the Mishkan, in the Mishkan, which is larger, there is a place, and that place is the place where God rests. Menuchat, uh, uh, menuchat Hashchina. That's the Ramban. The Ramban says it that way. We know that there is this idea that there's a bayit, and that God is seeking for a bayit in this world, in which the, the world in which he created that should be some place for a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay, that's, that's the, the Rambam. The Rambam says in the beginning of Hilchot uh, Beit HaBechira, right? He has a section, the Rambam has a section on the Beit HaMikdash, how you build the Beit HaMikdash and the Caliph of the Beit HaMikdash and all the different rules that are connected to the Beit HaMikdash, and he says this, Makom leyot makrivimbo korbanot. That's what he says the Beit HaMikdash is. A place where we did the sacrifices. Like we have an obligation, a daily obligation, a, a monthly obligation, an obligation connected to Boadim, to the holidays, lakriv korbanot. That's our, that's what we do, right? We also bring korbanot, a thanks, right? Not just obligatory korbanot, but we have, that's where we do it. That's what we do it. So according to the Rambam, according to the Rambam, the, the Beit HaMikdash is a place of halacha. 
It's where the halacha rules. It tells us what to do and how to do it. So with that, uh, that introduction, I would like to learn with you a little bit about the tzitz. The tzitz is a, uh, how do you say it in English? A plate, right? Uh, not a breastplate, but a forehead plate that the Kohen Gadol put on his head when he wrote, when he wore all the big day kuna, all the eight big day kuna, right? There was also a plate. On that plate, the words Kodesh Lashem also appeared. Kodesh meaning sanctified, designated, separated for Lashem, for God. And the God's name was probably written Aleph Dalet Nun Yud. Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, right on this plate. Now, there's the first interesting thing about this tzitz is found in Perekavchet Pasuk Bet. You see Pasuk Bet? Vasita Bigdei Kodesh Laron Achicha. That's our parasha. In our parasha, Tetzaveh. It says, Vasita, you, Moshe Rabbeinu, should make, you should make Bigdei Kodesh. Bigdei Kodesh. What a Bigdei Kodesh, Bigadim that have something to do with being special, with being set aside, which are used on special occasions. Those big day Kodesh are used on special occasions, we'll see when, La'aron Achicha. And then the words Lechavod Ulitif Eret. Right, the words Kavod and Tiveret are not easy words. In modern parlance, Kavod means honor, human kind of honor. You give somebody honor, you honor. At a dinner, you give him a, 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 a good aliyah, you uh, mention them in an annual report of some, that's all called kavod. But the word kavod is also used to describe the presence of God. It was if people are standing at Har Sinai, and they see a cloud coming down from heaven and alighting on the mountain. And somehow they know that that cloud is God. I mean, they know that. I don't know how they know that. But it doesn't matter. They know that that is God. So that's called kavod. That is also called kavod. Achshav tiferet, tiferet is something glorifying something. The Ramban, in his commentary to this pasuk, says, interestingly enough, that if you want to know what Tiferet is, you go and look at the secular world. And in the secular world, there are kings. And kings know all about this. You look at the clothing they wear, and you look how it's made, and the gold, and the silver, and the ornaments, that's called Tiferet. That's called Tiferet. The root of the word Tiferet, if we remember what a root is, a root is an imaginary idea, right? That words, it's an, it's an idea that words have roots. This is, of course, not true. Words don't have roots. They just, we make believe they have roots, and that enables us to connect some words to other words. So the word tif eret, if you say it has a a root, the root would be pet, pei, aleph, resh. That word, pei, pe, aleph, resh, is also 
associated to with the pe'er, with the glory of tefillin, like wearing something on your head, is called tiferet. Also, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with, with that at the moment. But I just want you to know that those words kavod and tiferet are difficult words, right? They are common words, not uncommon, but they're difficult. Difficult for us to understand what the kavod has to do with kind of recognizing the presence of God. How does that work? How did that work in the Beit Hamikdash? And tiferet, if you see the glory as recognized by the secular kings in the world, then what does it have to do exactly with the Kohen Gadol? Like why does he, in what way does he have to inherit clothing from, uh, uh, from the secular kings? Because I think this also could connect to Yaakov, which is giving Yosef a clothing, clothing to wear. Like, why was that considered to be of such significance? And what is Ketonet Pasim? What does that mean? How does it distinguish him from his brothers? How did it ultimately increase the hate? Why did they hate Yosef? Because he had a Ketonet Pasim. Why did they uh, soak it in blood and bring it back to Yaakov, you know, like a dramatic way of telling Yaakov that his son was dead, right? Through the gift that he had given to Yosef, right? That, you know, it's grist for literary mill. So, but that's not what interests me at the moment. What does interest me is, is, uh, I'm sorry, there is a beginning of Truma. Last week's parasha, no, this week's parasha, I'm sorry. This week's parasha, there's a list of the begadim asher yasu. Choshen, efod, me'il, ketonet, tashbeit, mitznevet, vavnet. Now, these begadim, I mean, this is like the breastplate, and the efod is the, he ties it out like a bib, right? Me'il is a outer garment, ketonet. Tashbeitz, uh, another outer garment. Mitznefet is a a hat. Avnet is a belt. That's what these are the begadim that Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded to make for the Kohen Gadol. What's missing? What's missing? Well, uh, obviously, look at pasuk Lamidvav. I'm going from pasuk Dalit to pasuk Lamidvav. This is what see that sits. Zahav tahor. Make this tzitz. Now the tzitz is not listed in the begadim that Moshe Rabbeinu is supposed to make for the Kohen in Pasuk Dalit. But in Pasuk Lamedvav, it's only 32 psukim later, in Pasuk Lamedvav it says, Vasita tzitz, zahav tahor, upitachta ala pituchei chotam, kodesh lashem, and you have to engrave upon it. Like, you know, like... Uh, they make it in a manner that we make uh, in gravestones, like you, you engrave the letters, then you fill them in with some kind of uh, something that makes them look, uh, uh, makes them easier to read. So, this is what you have to uh, engrave upon it, Kodesh Lashem, those two words, the word Kodesh, and the word Lashem Yud Kei Vav Kei, right? That's what 
as we said. So now the, the, the Gemara is uh, concerns itself uh, with how, how exactly they made these letters and what the letters. But there was this tzitz. The tzitz was a kind of a plate that you put on your forehead, and on the plate it said Kodesh La Kodesh Lashem. Uh, and the pasuk, pasuk lamed zayin, the Santa oto al petil techelet. Petil is a uh, a ribbon, like a ribbon. Techelet is the color. But techelet means it has to be made from whatever, however you make the techelet. You have to use it for this as well. Petil techelet. Raya al hamitznefet. Mitznefet is the hat. That the Kohen Gadol wears, Allah Mitznefet, Elul Peneha Mitznefet Yiyeh. Not on the Mitznefet, but Mul. So the hat comes down to here and the, the tzitz comes over here somehow. So that's one facing, facing the other. Vahaya, Pasuk Lamitchet, Ametzacharon. And so it will remain, it's further explanation. It stays on the forehead. This thing is on the forehead, right? How it holds on is explained later on. But then the most amazing comment is made about this tzitz. About this tzitz. Amazing, uh, I think, theologically and spiritually. It says, Vinasa Aaron et Avon Akodoshim. Nasa Avon is Hebrew to bear the transgression, which means when you bear a transgression, it, it means you're doing chuva or you're giving atonement. You you it's called kapara, right in Hebrew. Nasa Avon Hakodoshim. What Avon Kodoshim? What Avon Okay, well, that's not so clear. But let's say at least one opinion about the Avodah Kodashim is, look, maybe the Kohen, when he does the Avodah, is really Tameh. In, in, in other words, Tuma is this kind of, uh, in, in the Gemara, they love this kind of way of thinking about things. You say, you say, look, you have to be Tahor. The Kohen can't do service in the Beit HaMikdash unless he's Tahor. But you don't always know that you are Tameh. You can become Tameh in a most accidental fashion. You just go by, right? you could be at Hadassah Hospital, and the guy's putting up the sign, get out of the hospital, people are dead, and you don't get out in time. But you don't know that you didn't get out in time, because you think you did get out in time, right? This is like a, a yom-yom, it happens, unless you have these tricky doors, you know, these... These doors close shut and those doors open, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. But but they have that to the morgue. What? Where the morgue is, they have that kind of uh, thing. Oh, right. I'm listening. If anybody has a physical problem, go to Hadassah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, what I'm trying to point out is that you don't always know, especially today, it's certainly everybody's tame. Everybody's tame, so it's not, you know, it's it's really um, it's like a weird thing that even though the Kohanim are all Tameim, we are Choshesh for Tumat Kohen. We don't want the Kohanim to become Tameh even though they are Tameh. 
which is like only halacha could construe construe of such a uh, such a thing. Well, we don't want to feel any worse than there already is. There is no worse than it already is. <laughs> They're all to be a meitim. Everybody is to be mate is one of them. So there's no, it can't be worse. So but it's obviously not the result that's important, but the action. Okay, good. Yeah. Good to say that, you know, I would buy that. <laughs> so in any event, in any event, it says, in this Pasuk Lamed Chet, this is a Pasuk in the Torah, this is not a tricky source. Raya al Aharon, so we're talking, what's al Metzach Aharon? The, the tzitz. Vinasa Aharon et Avona Kodashim. So that even though we don't allow people to participate in giving sacrifices if they are Tamei, we recognize the fact that they might be. Because it's very easy to become Tamei, it's very difficult to avoid Tumah. And about that situation, they're bringing the Korban, and so it's all a mess, it's all puzzle. Everything that they bring is unacceptable. The, the Pesach says, which means forgiveness, atonement, kapara, that through Aaron all these people get atonement and their sacrifices are accepted because they're wearing, they're wearing the seats. That's what the tzitz does. It's the only one of the of the bigadim that is explained specifically, right? Not the Michnasaim and not the Avnaid and not and not the the, the Mitznefet. I mean these are all just big day kodesh, but they don't do anything as far as we know. They don't make anything. Of course, halachically, they are indispensable. You need them. But that doesn't mean that they do anything. That's just, just a, there's a tzivui, there's a command. Do it this way, don't do it another way. But it doesn't mean I know what is done. But when it comes to the tzitz, the pasuk tells me precisely what the tzitz does. And it says, Asher yaktishu tamid. Final phrase in this pasuk. And it should be on his forehead. Then the word tamid, which could mean always, but doesn't really mean always because he only has to wear it when he gets dressed up. Right? When he gets dressed up with the big day kuna, that's not tamid. That's only when you do the avodah in the Beit HaMikdash. When you're like on your day off, you don't wear the, the, the tzitz. You don't wear this tzitz, the ratzon, lahem, lefnei Hashem. So not only does the tzitz provide kapara, which is translated loosely as atonement, but it also, the tzitz, uh, uh, includes ratzon. Ratzon is like even more than kapara. It's like, like a, a willingness for interaction. Right? The, the, the God and, and, and the, the person who brought the korban and the kohen, they're all together on this. That's that's what it's so it's for the person wearing it and those who are involved is bringing the korban, right? All of them get kapara through the tzitz. Right? They get okay. Now if you look at 
If you look at Pasuk Lamed Zion in the Rashi, and there it says Petir Tchelet, right? Okay, Rashi explains. Rashi explains how you tie the seats onto the onto your head. That you have these ribbons. They're like a, there's a a plate. I mean, this must be a better word than saying a plate. A plate. Miter. What? M i t e r. Miter. A miter isn't that like a meter? No, no. A miter is like a crown. Uh, uh, like, yeah. Who said? Diadem. Those are both synonyms for crown. Miter and diadem are synonyms for crown. I don't think that that's what it is. I think it's like a plate. And a plate that you put. And the third one said the golden plate of the high priest. Yeah, so we haven't got a word for it. But that's what it is. It's a golden plate or a plate made out of gold which you put on your forehead. It has two holes in it. Three holes in it. Right, two holes, one on either side and one in the middle. And you take each hole, you draw out a ribbon of tchelet, you tie it in back, and from the middle hole, you another ribbon, you bring it over your head onto the onto the mitznefet, this higher hat that the Kohen Gadol had, and you tie it there. That secures it, right? It won't fall off. That you know, chuta uh, mishulash. That's called. The th- you always need the third you need the third to, to be steady, right? Like when you get old and your two legs become worth about one leg so you have to hold on because that's how it is that's the chuta mishulash so what is the so that's what, that's what it says now I'm up to pasuk Lamed Chet and Rashi you see Lamed Chet in Rashi? It's like six or seven lines from the bottom of the Rashi. Forgiveness. That's what Nasa means. Like, it's, like you say, you bear the burden of the... Like Moshe Rabbeinu said to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, after the Chet HaEgel, If you will bear their sin, meaning forgive them. That's what to bear the sin means. So Rashi says, the Tzavah of the Shonzlicha, forgiveness. And in spite of that fact, that that's what it's used for, it's still, you, you have to understand it as it's written. Aaron no say etamasa shel avon. It's like we say that Aaron. Aaron is carrying the weight of all the Averot, of all the transgressions of Israel, just like on Yom HaKippurim, right? Nimtza misulaka avon minakadoshim. So we see that the avon, that the transgression is removed from the sacrifices that he, that they bring. So he says, et avon hakadoshim, that's what it says in the Pasuk. Nasa avon hakadoshim. Right, the, the sacrifices. What does that mean? Lirtsot al hadam v'alachelev. Right to uh, to accept, to be uh, uh, forgiving 
about the blood and about the fat, which was sacrificed when the sacrificer was Tamei. This is something in the Gemara. This is a Gemara Rashi is quoting. What Avon are we talking about? What sin does the Tzitz uh, atone for? So he says, Im Avon Pigul. Pigul is where you, where you, a very interesting uh, uh, transgression. If you gave a Korban, but you thought it was a different Korban, you thought wrong about the Korban, that creates a, 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 a Korban that's called a Pigul. It's unacceptable. I like Radaimar, lawyer at say. Right? He's not be he can't provide forgiveness for that. Lawyer at Zeh. And if he ate the meat of the Korban after the time that was allotted, So that's also not a an atonement. And it's hard to say that that the that the tzitz is going to atone for the kohen who sacrificed something when he was tamei. Sharei avod hakadoshim neimar. It all says in the pasuk that we're talking about the sin of the sacrifices, not the sin of the sacrificer. Velo avod hamakrivim, and it's certainly not the sin of those who bring the korban. So, so the Gemara says that it's only, it's a very limited kind of kapara, which has to do with uh, preparing the korban, with making sure that the korban is appropriate. Okay, vayal mitzchot tamid. Remember that part of the pasuk? It'll be tamid always on his forehead. So Rashi says, if shalomar sheyal mitzvot tamid. So what are you talking about? There's no such thing that it's always on his forehead. Sharei eno alav ela bishat because he only wears it when he serves in the Beit Hamikdash. He doesn't wear a tamid, and then he says ela tamid liratzotlem. It means that it's always going to be a, a, a vehicle of atonement. It'll always be used for that purpose. Afilu. Eino al mitzcho. Listen to that. Afilu eino al mitzcho. Even if the tzitz is not on his forehead, shelo yakohen gadol oved botasha. That the kohen gadol. What does that mean? Who wore the tzitz? The kohen gadol. But who needed the atonement? Everybody. Everybody who was involved. So what if the kohen gadol was not serving in the Beit Hamikdash at that time? But another Kohen was helping out. So that means that the Tzitz was not, was not being used. That the Tzitz was not being used at all. Shalom ya Kohen gadol obey Omer, Odehu al mitzcho mechaper o miratzeh. Vemulav eno miratzeh. The Gemara says, there's a Gemara, you will see in a minute, that if he's wearing it, if he's still on his forehead, then it atones. Vehim lav ain't no miratzeh. Nidrash al mitzchot tamid 
right? Midrash, it comes from the, these words in the Pasuk, of Mitzchot Amid, Milamed Shem Mishamesh Bo, Bodo Al Mitzchot, Shelo Yesiach Nato Mimenu. We'll come back to this Rashi in a minute after we look at the Gemara. So the, the, the problem, in the specific problem in the Pasuk that Rashi is dealing with is these words. Read these words. Al Mitzcho Raya Al Mitzcho Tamid Liratzon Lahem Lifnei Hashem. Right? And it will be on his forehead always in order to find divine approval, sometimes Slicha, of or atonement, kapara, and liratzon lahem lefnei Hashem. What does tamid in that sentence mean? So there's an interesting machloket in the Gemara in Yuma, which is printed right here. Let's look at it. Let's read the Gemara together. The Tanya. The Tanya means? It's a brighter. The brighter means? It's Tanaim. Tanaim means it's the earliest level of interpretation that we that we have. The compiler of the Mishnah. That one. The Tanaim were the compiler of the Mishnah. I guess, but not only the Mishnah. The point that I'm making only is that Tanaim are the the earliest redactors of the Torah Shabbat. How's that for a pompous-like sentence? Right. So. That's Tanaim. So when we say the Tanya, that's the best that we can do. Right? That's the earliest, earliest uh, 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 statement that we have. Tzitz. Ben no al mitzcho, ben no al mitzcho, Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, it doesn't matter whether it's on his forehead. Or it's not on his forehead. It's miratzeh. According to the Rashi that we just learned, what does that mean? It's, I mean who wore the, the tzitz? The Kohen Gadol? But the Kohen Gadol was not always officiating. You know, he had assistants. He had other people who officiated the Korban, uh, Tamid, say, that was given every day. So right now in the Beit HaMikdash, something's going on, but there's no one who's wearing the tzitz. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, it doesn't matter if the Kohen Gadol is wearing the tzitz or he's not wearing the tzitz. This aspect, this aspect of, uh, of atonement, of slicha, as Rashi says, works in any event. In any event, there's slicha. That's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, right? Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Odeu al mitzcho miratze. Ain odeu al mitzcho, ain no miratze. Odeu, like if it's still, if it's like a, an ornament. If it's, if it is ornamental on his forehead, then miratze. Miratze meaning, again, atonement, right? Kapara. But if he's not wearing it, if he's not wearing it, ain't no miratze. So, so even though in terms of the parshanut in the pasuk, Rabbi Yehuda sounds like he's right. It was to talk about the tzitzu, talk about the kohen wearing the tzitzu. That's what the the pasuk is talking about. Yet it doesn't make any sense, as Rabbi Shimon says. 
if accidentally the Kohen Gadol is not working in the Beit HaMikdash that day, so why should the people all be liable to punishment? It may not be their fault that the Korban, they need the Korban, they need atonement from the Korban, and if it's connected to the streets, why shouldn't they get it? So now we say, Omar lo Rabbi Shimon, Kohen Gadol biyom HaKippurim Yochiach. So Rabbi Shimon said to Rabbi Yehuda, well, I'll prove to you that I'm right. Because think now about the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, on Yom HaKippurim. She'ein odehu al mitzcho. We know that the Kohen Gadol on Yom HaKippurim does not dress up in the fancy clothes. Right? The Shmoneh B'gadim the eight different articles of clothing that he wore as the Kohen Gadol, and Odehu al Umeratze. He says he does not wear the tzitz because it's one of the big day kuna. Umeratze, and yet the whole purpose of what he does on Yom HaKippurim is to gain atonement for Am Yisrael, is it not? Is it not true that the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh Kodashim representing all of Am Yisrael and their sins and demanding atonement? But he's not wearing the tzitz. So Rabbi Shimon says, obviously, obviously it works, this atonement process, whether you're wearing the, the, the tzitz or not. It, sh- it shouldn't make any difference. Uh, Omar lo Rabbi Yehuda, Anach lekohen gadol biyom hakipurim shetuma utra betzibur. Anach tuma. Let's start with tuma utra betzibur. The words mean tuma is uh, is uh, lifted off when the entire tzibur is tameh. Right. One of the great questions about the Hanukkah miracle, right? That's what the, we're told, that the miracle was that they had this cruise of oil, and just one that was sealed with the seal of the high priest, and they knew that was kosher oil, and the rest of the oil had become defiled. So they went to get the oil, and that would take eight days, and there was a miracle that the eight days the eight days, the one cruise of oil burnt for the eight days that they needed it until they got the new shipment of oil from wherever. So the question, well, the question that, uh, that uh, rabbinic scholars asked very early on is, isn't it true that Tuma, Hutra, but Sibur, that if it's a question of the entire Sibur, the entire community being Tameh, so we kind of abrogate or lift off the Isser of Tumah. We could just use any kind of oil. They didn't have to be sparing in the oil. That's called Tumah Hutra Batsibu. So, so the, the uh, Gemara says, Stop talking about Kohen Gadol and Yom HaKippurim. Rabbi Yehuda said to Rabbi Shimon, Shetumah Hutra Batsibu. And Yom HaKippurim, there's another reason that, uh, that you don't need the tzitz because Tuma Hutra B'Tzibur, the Tuma of the people that we're talking about, the entire community was problematic. So it's such a case. 
Tuma is hutra, it becomes mutar. We, 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 uh, we overlook it. We could overlook it, and so the Kohen Gadol could ask for atonement for the entire Jewish people in spite of the fact that there was no tzitz. Michlal the Rabbi Shimon Sovar, so it must be, this is like the Gemara's way, way it talks, that according to Rabbi Shimon, it's not hutra, but it's just dechuya when you have to, where there's no other choice, you push it away. But if you have another choice, like you could go and get new oil, so then you don't push it away. Omar Abaye. Omar Abaye. Right. Abaye is an Amora. So this Bachloket, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, was brought up in the Beit HaMedrash in Babel. And then, and then, Omar Abaye, Abaye is like the third or fourth generation, Emoraim in Babel. In Babel. The Nishbar Hatzit, the Kule Alma Lo Plige de Lo Miratze. De Lo Miratze. The Nishbar Hatzit, if the Tzitz is broken, the Tzitz is broken, the Kule Alma Lo Plige. The lomeratzeh, the tzitz, doesn't work. It doesn't provide slicha. He plige detali besikata. Where is the machloket? You have a tzitz, but you hang it up on, uh, on a hook. Right? You know, like a hat. You put a hat on a hook. You put a tzitz on the hook. The coin kadol leaves the Beit HaMikdash. He puts the, the, the thing on a hook. Detali besikuta. Rabbi Yehuda Sovar al Metzach Vinasa. Rabbi Yehuda thinks that only when it's on the forehead of the Kohen is there atonement. Rabbi Shimon Sovar Tamid Liratzon Lifnei Hashem. Rabbi Shimon said it's always going to produce atonement before Hashem. My Tamid. My Tamid, so what does the word Tamid refer to? This is what Rashi was quoting. <coughs> Could it mean it always has to be on his forehead? He says, <coughs> How could that be? No one ever has to go to the bathroom. No one has to ever go to sleep. So it can't be Tamid al Mitzcho. That that's the wrong the wrong shot. Elatamid miratzehu. That's Rabbi Shimon. Tamid refers to the power of it, the power of the of the tzitz, which is tamid miratzebo. He always it always works in order to be miratzeh, in order to to do the slicha. Uh, me lo boy means elatomid miratzehu, or the Rabbi Yehuda nami. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, who said you have to wear it, what's tamid? What does tamid mean? Aktiv tamid, ahu tamid shelo yasiach daatomi menu. That when you're wearing it, this sits, you should never uh, uh, lose the concentration that you're supposed to have about it. You're supposed to always be thinking and remembering 
that you have it on you, right? Tefillin, that's the halacha of tefillin. That's what it says in the Gemara also. Kidarabba baravuna, the Omar baravuna, chayev adam lemashvesh b'tefilav b'kol sha'a b'sha'a, kal v'chol v'mitzitz. Just like the tzitz, you have to know that you're wearing it all the time. Similarly, there's halacha by tefillin, which is actually the reason that in, in our times, 99.9% uh, of the people who put on tefillin don't put them on all day. You don't wear tefillin all day because it's very hard for, to imagine a person losing his concentration and not thinking about the tefillin because that's how it should be. You should think about it. So as long as you know that when you daven, there are, there are minhagim that many uh, people do who are wearing tefillin, who are wearing tefillin, that at times they touch the tefillin, right? Like in Kriyat Shema, Vayalot Ayatcha, Latatavot Beinei Necha. So there's a minhag to, to do that. The reason that you do that is to make sure that you're thinking, you're still thinking about the tefillin, as long as you're wearing them. And that idea about thinking something that you're wearing in order for it to have an effect on you Comes from comes from the tzitz, comes from the tzitz, and this is the uh, this is the source. This is the source. So we look at the Rashi again. Rashi, the last Rashi. You see, Rayal Tamid. You see that Rashi? Three lines from the bottom in the of the Rashi's. Three lines from the bottom. Eif Shalom Yal Tamid. Can't be that he should always wear it. The Kohen Gadol only wears the tzitz when he puts on all his begadim, when he's serving in the Beit HaMikdash. It always serves as a means to forgiveness. Right? Either it's not on his forehead, for example, if there's no Kohen that's what he chooses, not like the Gemara. But he says, <coughs> if the Kohen Gadol <coughs> is not serving in the Beit HaMikdash, so then it's, it's not on Mitzchot Tamid. Right, this is the Gemara that we just learned. If it's still on his forehead, then it serves for slicha. Otherwise, it doesn't. Nidrash al tamid, right? Nidrash al tamid has to be the tamid melamed shemeshameshbo baodo al mitzcho shelo yasiach dat mimenu. So that seems to be righteous and like filling. Like you have to like touch it. You have to feel it that it's there. You have to feel that it's there, that it's there all the time. So you see, again, there's a machlok, not a machlokas, but there are two opinions about what the Beit HaMikdash served as. The Ramban seems to say it's the center of ongoing spiritual activity. What happened at Har Sinai is kind of uh, repeated and continued in... Uh, in uh, in the Mishkan, is Mishkan, and therefore the Ramban says, "Makom menuchat hashchina 
Shehu Ha'arov. But when I say that God rested there in that place, that also means that you have a certain entree into the place where God is to be found, which was a new thing. It was a new thing even in the history of the Avot, Avrab, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. They didn't go to a place where they knew God would meet them. But they were wherever they were, and if God decided to speak to them, they, that's what happened. It wasn't that there was a place where you could make a demand on the presence of God. That was not the, that was not the case. That was not the case. That became a new thing when the Mishkan was built. The Rabbam says, the Rabbam says that it has to do with giving korbanot. And we know that giving korbanot has a problematic aspect to it. The problematic aspect is that we can't fulfill with great confidence all of the rules. It's very hard to know. It's very hard to know, I mean, the, the Mishnayot, talk about the Kohen Gadol separating himself from the rest of the Kohanim and the people seven days before before Yom HaKippurim in order to make sure that when he got to Yom HaKippurim everything would be okay. It wouldn't be, it's not, it's not something that's obvious. You can't just say to the Kohen Gadol, okay, it's your turn, you got the job. But it's a, there's a difficulty. So the tzitz came to replace, uh, to, re to overcome that difficulty. That was the purpose of the, of the tzitz. So even though the tzitz was special, it said the words Kodesh Tashem on it, nevertheless, it provided us, the tzitz provided us with the wherewithal to serve in the Mishkan and the Beit HaMikdash. Without the tzitz, we wouldn't have been able to wouldn't be able to serve because the Sufek would drive us away from the Beit HaMikdash. Whereas the Tzitz, so the reason, the reason that the Tzitz is not uh, included in the first list of Big Day Kahuna in the parish of Truma is because the Tzitz is really not a beged in the sense that it comes to impress you with the, the wearers, like saying that the Kohanim are like, like kings. They wear gold and silver and, uh, and uh, tchelet, vargaman. These are all very precious. But the tzitz, even though it's made out of gold, has a different purpose. The, the, the purpose of the tzitz is to make the avoda in the Beit HaMikdash possible because it overwhelms the suffolk. It, it creates a situation where in spite of the suffolk, you could bring a korban. In spite of the suffix, what's the suffix? That you might be tome. You could bring a korban anyway because the, the tzitz is miratzeh al hakorbanot. So the tzitz has a special, a special uh, standing, let's say a special standing in this, in this matter. Okay. Uh, he has to wear it or he doesn't have to wear it. He doesn't. Ha he has. To, he has to wear it, but he doesn't have to be worn so to be effective. He, the Kohen Gadol, has to wear the tzitz. But if he's not serving in the Beit Hamikdash, then the tzitz is effective anyway, even if it's hanging on a nail. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's only if there's no tzitz that there is a problem. The tzitz doesn't exist. So what's the, the is of the. High priest 
or of the person who brings the sacrifice, Either any, or the animal. Anybody. All three, the right. animal right. itself. All the animal them. also could be tameh, and we would, didn't notice it. Yeah. It could be a very small cut in his eye or yeah. his eyelid, and the yeah. animal. And that would also make the korban pasul. It could have happened between point A and point B, of just bringing the animal in to be sacrificed. Is it only a young boy that he wants it? What? Is it only a young boy that he wants it? No, yeah. no, the young boy didn't wear tzitz. Young boy didn't wear tzitz. He didn't. The only one big day lavad. What I call big day lavad. Okay, before. But every other day, whenever he was there, whenever he did the avoda on another day, he wore the tzitz. He wore the fancy clothing, but he didn't have to do the avoda. The kohen gadol. Some other kohen could have done it. Okay. And so if another kohen could have done it. He needed the tzitz also. He so, needed it, but he couldn't wear it. But as long as it was someplace there, it would be acceptable. Um, what did he say before about the um, uh, about, about it, it wasn't to, to call on God the the bet midrash? What did he say? Well, what Rambam said about it about the bet midrash and calling on, on, on for God to speak to us. He said something before what the Rambam said. The Ramban said that the, the place of the Shekhinah in this world is the Mishkan. Yes. Because that was like created at Har Sinai. Har yes. Sinai was the creation of a place. Yes. That place disappeared. It's not like Hara Moriah. Hara Moriah was created before. It was always designated to the, as the place that the Beit HaMikdash would be, would be built. So when the Mishkan was built, was the Mishkan where you felt God's presence most? Was the Mishkan, the Mishkan was that when you felt God's presence most, more than other places? No, first, first I think was in Har Sinai. Yeah, and after Har Sinai. So the Rabban says that Har Sinai and the Mishkan are the same thing. Oh, okay. And then the Beit Midrash is the same thing as well, then? Yeah, well, later on. Yeah. It all morphs into Talmud Torah. I told you last week that that's the, the Balatanya says it clearly, the Perak Lamed Dalit in the Tanya. The what? If the Kohen was officiating in the in the and he forgot to put the tzitzah on. It's still, it's still it's all, it doesn't talk. I guess, I, I don't know. I mean, I would imagine. I would imagine, yes, that that's true, what you said. It's just another, it's not another sin. It's another abenger that has to be atoned for. So it's something that should be worn, but even if it's not worn, he's still doing his job. He's still doing, he's still doing the job, even if it's not worn.